Welcome to the Transportation and Logistics Clubhouse, everybody. We have a very, very special guest on the stage right now, especially for the people who are part of this this community, the box truck community. Uh, Philip, how are you doing today, brother? Hey, brother, how you doing, uh, Jory? Good to hear from you. Uh, definitely, man. I'm doing I'm doing extremely well, sir. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. How about yourself? Yes. Well, absolutely. You know, it's um, it's been a good year uh, in in uh, the trucking industry, and I've just been blessed uh, even in this whole effort to help a um, an underserved community and uh, get some exposure and get some attention to uh, a wonderful network of of owner operators and drivers and um, owners of box trucks. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, look, man. Like I said, we're very excited to have you here tonight uh, to to highlight what you got going on, man. But for those who don't know Philip, uh, how did you get into the industry? Let's talk about your background a bit. Okay, so um, I've had about 20, 20 plus years of, of experience in this industry. Started off as a shipper uh, for a large manufacturer in Chicago. And uh, from there, I um, the company relocated out of state. I stayed in Illinois and um, with a friend of mine, I started a, a freight brokerage and uh, went ahead and started with a a um, computer, a, a desk, and a um, a building without heat in the first oh. week <laughs> of January. <laughs> zero loads, zero freight, zero customers, and um, and really kind of just started off with a with a dream of building something and. Uh, Three years later, we did about eighteen million in revenue and and sold out to a, a larger company um, right before the housing bubble burst in uh, two thousand nine. And so uh, from there, I've gotten to um, uh, in the consulting side, the training side, and um, and I was dispatching trucks, um, kind of like what you what you do, yeah, and I'd. Uh, a friend of mine who owns a logistics company in Pittsburgh said, "Hey, Phil, I need some box trucks. Can you help me find them?" And so I said, "Sure, I'll I'll, I'll look around." And um, I've got a pretty uh, in-depth marketing tool. I have access to thousands of hundreds of thousands of um, contacts in the trucking industry, and I I soon found that there was just a large amount of of owners of box trucks that were looking for freight, and so. Um, I decided in 2018 that, you know, I would get into this side of the industry and uh, start a network, kind of a, kind of with the idea, uh, Jory, that if we can come together as a, a co-op or a group of of um, box truck owners, there would be buying power and there'd be strength in numbers. And um, sure enough, there's a lot of there's been a lot of attention to our network, and uh, trying to work it every day to help build build the vision of, of establishing small carriers, getting them into the market, getting them educated about what it takes to run a box truck company, and then, um, and then connecting them with shippers and, and, uh, and, and brokers to uh, keep, them, keep them loaded and profitable. And gotcha, gotcha. Well, hey, man, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, so you started, as, you. Uh, you started working with an organization that ended up relocate and out of state you stayed and when you opened your brokerage did you have like a, a type of freight that you guys specialized in then yeah so i'll tell you uh 
I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, when I started, I, um, I, I just started making phone calls and it was really towards, um, uh, just in, uh, the easiest way to get in and probably the most headache way to get in was to move like produce. And so after about six months of moving produce, I said, I'm going to get out of this and move something else because of the two o'clock, um, calls in the morning that the truck broke down and having to deal with, um, finding a, a mechanic for the uh, reefer unit. Um, but it, it transitioned in the second year into, uh, working with the military. And, um, and so I actually, um, got approved with the Department of Defense, um, and moved military freight from base to base. And I'll tell you right now, whenever there's a downturn of, uh, the economy and freight, um, military never stops. And it's one of those, um, the government's mindset is we have to spend our budget. And if we don't spend all the money we have in our bank, they'll give us less, less next year. And so, and so I've been helping people get into the military. You have to be at least three years in business and, um, be an American citizen. And I've been helping people go through those hoops to get in. And, and basically if you're in, you're a customer, you're not, you're, you're, you're not having to, um, you're not having to knock on doors. You just basically go in there and you can start moving freight. So that's what I've been helping small, uh, small carriers, uh, do. And, and, uh, there's been a lot of opportunity for those uh, small carriers at this time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Would you believe it? Uh, today I actually spoke to somebody who's moving freight for the military and he was very excited about it. He was very excited. He's a, you know, he said he's a one man operation. He's doing over, you know, low six figures, but still low six, I mean, but still six figures every single month in revenue as a broker moving freight for, uh, you know, he, with the DOD. So uh, I'm happy yeah. that you, you brought that up because people are out here moving. Um, so yeah, that's awesome, man. But here's the, here's the nice thing about it, Jory, is that, um, you know, there's a, a process to get in and then you're in, it's not like you can't move freight. You're it's, it's just a matter of, it's like getting your authority, right? It's like you go through the steps and then you can move, move freight as a carrier or as a broker. It's the same thing with the department of defense. And, um, and so that's really helped me in my business. And I've, um, I've helped people as a military approved contractor with the box truck network. I've helped people, um, even during COVID move, uh, uh, keep their trucks busy with military freight. So, so there's, there's a lot of money to be made in that part. But like you said, it, it does take some grinding. It takes, takes some dedication. It takes a lot of, um, a lot of persistence in this business. It's not an easy business. Um, especially, especially, uh, with trying to keep, keep your, um, you know, head above water at times when the freight can be cheap and it can be hard to find freight and, um, you have all those expenses, uh, you know, that you have to continue to, um, to, you have to continue to pay, you know, so it's been right. a, it's been a great experience for, for me as far as helping people get into the military. Okay. Nice. And with that, like, um, I know it's a little bit different, right? So we're talking about military freight and you said it's, it's similar to getting your MC. You just have to go through the process and then you are a customer. Do you feel like just by way of you operating, being you doing the things that you would normally do, 
you've come into contact with shippers who would, you know, kind of want you to be that that motor carrier, that person that's actually doing it. Um, I know this is this is kind of like a very specific question. I'm not even finished. All right. So like, you, you meet a shipper and they like what you got going on, but they don't want to deal with the headache of signing on all these other motor carriers. They want you to be the, the, the carrier and, and kind of like sublet it to other folks. Have you have you come across those opportunities or people that want you to do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's so the Bostrick Network is not a carrier and it's not a broker. We are simply a platform um, for um, motor carriers like uh, small box truck companies to to join together and to um, to be available as a capacity provider for shippers and and and, um, and brokers. The, the thing I have found um, is that some of the larger companies don't want uh, to deal with a bunch of different, um, 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 you know, billing carriers and all that. So there has been a, a process that we put in place where we're building a, um, a database, if you will, where the shippers can go in there and they can already get set up with them directly and see if they're already set up with them and, and help them to kind of eliminate the process of having to um, do having sorry having to do um, all the legwork themselves and so we're working through that right now through some of the technology that we've put together okay well truth be told man uh, we can talk offline but what you're talking about is something that i've been interested in for a while especially as a dispatcher you know what i mean having that dispatch service understanding how streamlining that that onboard process so you know uh kudos keep going and you know we can talk offline about that part um but to you know get back to it um how many members uh does the box truck network currently have so we have um we have over 5,000 carriers that are in our network. Um, that means, what that means is that um, these carriers have come through the process of getting approved through our, our system. So when we talk to shippers, when we talk to uh, large brokers who don't necessarily use load boards, um, we, we work with, um, um, the, the process that we, we go through is we do an MC check, we check their safety. We check their their um, in. They do a background check. Um, we we verify that all the equipment they have, and then they're put into our system. Um, and then so there's so when a customer reaches out to us and says, "Hey, I need a box truck," like I just had one in in Georgia going over to uh, Hayward, California. Um, they can come in and they can. They can get vetted. They can see that we vet our carriers, and they can uh, get pricing for our um, for our for their freight. Um, if they don't see a truck that they want, we can reach in an external network. And these are carriers that are with our maybe are not in our network, but know about our network. And we have over twenty five thousand carriers in that side. We do have um, a partnership with Amazon. So we have about 25 brokers that work in a special section of Amazon that uh, will work 
um, with freight that's not typically set up through their load side. They're on uh, special projects. So any member that comes on board who's Amazon approved, we can put them in touch with those correct brokers who work outside of the uh, of the normal system. So we have partnerships with them. We worked with LaserShip. We work with Unishippers. We work with Worldwide Express, uh, Thompson Plastics. We work with a couple large, um, a, a couple other large Omni Logistics. Um, there, there's the R&R Express, American Group. And then here's the exciting part, uh, Jory, that really is is really the focal part is we're partnering with um, more of a local delivery for our box truck members. There's been a ton of box truck members out there that are looking for local delivery. And what we're doing is creating a unique system for local delivery in comparison to LTL carriers. So for example, a lot of the LTL carriers um, have some, some, you know, major customers that they work with locally in major cities, whether it's Atlanta, Dallas, Chicago, California, you know, LA, Jacksonville, Florida, those areas, they need people to come and service their areas to pick up local freight and take it to their terminals because they don't have enough manpower to pick up their freight and deliver it locally. And so we are developing a system in place that we will, it's called the LTL Direct Program. And so they can go to a shipper, pick up a pick up two or three pallets and take them across town. And it could be for the it could be more. They can make more money in those three runs or the, in, in those four runs or four pallet runs than they would do going out of town. So we're really working towards getting our drivers to make ten a thousand twelve hundred dollars a day in local delivery. And we're partnering with companies that are major LTL carriers to help develop a program for them. So look for some larger stuff coming up in the future. Okay. Well, look, man, I ain't going to lie. You, 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 you named off quite a few large shippers. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's even before mentioning yeah. uh, what you guys are looking to do with the LTL direct program. So uh, that's, that's, that's just lovely right there. Um. Okay. Okay. How How long now, do you? Oh, my bad. Go ahead. Let's hear it. No, you, you go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, man. Um, I was just going to say, how long did it kind of like take to establish yourself and the box truck network before you felt like those larger shippers um were you know looking to partner and become very very formal with the agreements with you guys? <clears throat> well, I think the biggest thing was. Uh, it took about a good year and a half. Um, part of the the issue we had was to deal with the the overwhelming response we got from carriers. I mean, we were slammed with carriers calling us looking for freight, and we had to pull back and say, "Okay, if we're going to try to help people find freight, we're going to be doing this twenty four seven. We're going to have to have one hundred fifty people doing this. How do we get this to where?" <laughs> we can have the connection between the freight and the customers. And we have we have a platform that we put together um, that we're beta testing right now. But what we're doing is we are going to um, try to connect the dots, if you will, between the shippers and the, and the carriers directly 
versus us being in the middle. Because when someone calls me and I have to call someone else, why not just eliminate as many people as possible? We do have a, a, a standard of what type of freight we're going to take dollar-wise. So there are have been brokers that we've and shippers we can turn away because we simply have told them that their freight charges are too cheap. Because obviously it takes money to, to make money and and there's costs involved and um and so there's just a lot there's 2018 uh, has been a their start year 19 uh, we're ramping up 20 the pandemic came but there was a lot of a lot of um local delivery that started up because of the way people were doing business more at home deliveries we don't want to do home deliveries. We don't want to do final mile per se because there's too much, too much claims involved and, and problems involved with without the compensation. You know, cheap freight with a lot of claims doesn't make anyone happy, right? Right. So 22, 23, we're looking at um, kind of working with a, a large amount of local shippers in larger areas that are more focused on um, relationship building service service um, and not so much not so much on just getting the cheapest truck because we know that trucks are you know price of fuel is expensive uh, the cost of fuel the costs you know the inflation has caused a lot of companies to struggle getting through with their expenses but we we've um, our, we feel our system that we're developing is going to be really successful in the sense that because we we can keep our overhead down, which is another purpose of the network, and that is to use it as buying power. So whether it's 5,000, 10,000, or eventually 20,000 people, uh, members, it's all about keeping the expense down. So, for example, um, we're working with a couple large um, organizations to offer discounts to our members. Um, and we also have a, uh, truck rental program that's coming up into play. This can be more than just box trucks, but we have partnered, uh, to become a, a, an outlet that if a carrier has equipment sitting that they can't use or utilize, um, there is a uh, a program that we have in place where they can rent out their equipment and make money on a daily on a daily basis. So that's um, that's been really exciting. The other thing is, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, brother. I, I can go on and on, Jory. I mean, I know maybe <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, man. When you got a lot of good stuff going, I can see how you know you can. You can get lost in actually talking about it. It's so much, you know, things, so many things that you're actually doing for folks that operate box trucks. So, you know, I love the passion behind it for sure. You know, um, let me let me just let me slip this question in there. Is you mentioned that you had uh, 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 you had steps, things that a carrier had to do in order to even qualify. Uh, you know, what's the point of having those prerequisites? Why do you want a carrier to have uh, these certain things in place before you're able to bring them into the network? Sure. And that's a great question. And and uh, the one reason that we need to um, 
qualifier drivers is more than just just saying you can join or you can't join, but it's to help to guide our members and even future members on how to effectively run a company. So, for example, as owners, do we know what our safety score looks like? Do we know if, you know, I know there's a lot of people that say, well, this is a great business because you don't need a CDL, just jump into a truck. And while that sounds great, uh, we, we know that it, it, it's a recipe for disaster if we hire people that are not qualified to work as a driver. So what we do is we look at the five aspects of the, of the safety, um, the, the FMCSA scores, the hours of service. We look at unsafe driving. We look at maintenance, drugs and alcohol, and um, driver fitness. And we go through this and we offer, like, well, we'll go and say, okay, hey, do you know your scores? And the driver will say, not really. And did you know you had two citations? Not really. My driver never told me. So we go through those things and we say, here's what you have to have in place to be successful. Because we know that we can have everything else in place. But if we are not safety driven, we're going to be out of business. Um, and all it takes is for, um, you know, a DOT audit or takes for fines and penalties to put us out. We can spend all this money and if we don't watch the back end of it, we can lose our business. And I always say, besides the IRS, the DOT is your next most powerful organization. They can put you out of business simply by saying, here's a fine you got to pay. And then guess what? We have to pay that fine. The other thing we try to focus on is, um, you know, what kind of what what's our what's our service level? Um, how are we doing in maintenance for our, our, our drivers? Because we know this. We all want contracts. We all want dedicated business. We all want a lot of work. But what happens if we don't maintain our trucks? And so we know that one one of the biggest mistakes people get into and i i don't want to step on anyone's toes is renting trucks if mm-hmm. you can avoid renting a truck from um you know the big the big box rentals i don't want to get into name calling they will they will basically take take that money and you know there's there's so much um that's thrown away by renting because you don't really own any assets at the end of the day. And I know that Chrysler, for example, through one of my big uh, broker contracts I've been uh, that I can connect with, they will not take rental trucks. They will not allow box trucks, rental trucks on their lot, meaning mm-hmm. they want the carriers to own their equipment and not rent them. Right. So that's they, a little different they wanted, in the lease. Go ahead. I was going to say they want to have they want that truck that's being operated that VIN number to be listed on that motor carrier's uh, insurance in the scheduled autos. Yes, exactly. And and there also um, we we all know there's one bright uh, colored uh, rental company out there um, that is. Everyone knows when I see it, they know it's a rental truck. Okay. They know it's a leasing truck. 
and um and i'm i'm trying to be careful here because i'm not here to to to, right, right. to bash anyone but i'm just saying that you know it, it's all about appearance it's all about looks it's all about um impression i should say maybe that's the right way and how we present ourselves to our clients and um so so that's what we do is we kind of work with with um we kind of work with the we, we we come to where our members are and see where they're at and and work on a game plan whether we have a cost calculator in place that to say okay this is the cost it takes to operate my business and we educate them on that and then we go through the process of saying okay you have to have the same like for example one of our customers is the military so you have to have the same qualifications um that any other carrier has to go through even though you're not a cdl driver you still have to have the qualifications and so we work hard to make sure those qualifications match what what our customers expect right right you know i, I definitely I hear you, brother. I hear you. I'm not even going to lie to you. As recently as today, I had to, uh, you know, I got turned down for a load for one of my clients because they had that bright color truck that you're talking about. <laughs> and, we, and we all know what it is. So, you know, for the dispatchers that are out there listening, hey, just be as upfront and, you know, honest as you can. You know, there's no reason to try to game the system. It's going to come out. So, uh, if 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 you're if you're in this industry, uh, the best way to get to the next step is to just be as transparent as possible. Be a big old help. Don't try to game the system. Um, but you know, with that being said, you know, if if someone was coming into the the industry right now, right for a new entrant, somebody that's listening, what would you say is the most challenging part? of securing profitable freight as a box truck carrier? So we all know that, uh, you know, there's companies that uh, won't take on new clients unless they've been in business for a while. Um, there is, so there, so we know that there's a kind of a, a, um, a balance between a new authority and and ex an existing authority and what i found believe it or not is if you're a new carrier and you're looking to get business get yourself a linkedin account account with linkedin i i push linkedin a lot because here's the reason there are so many shippers and so many brokers out there who don't use load boards and who are who are better have better quality freight than the freight that everyone else gets to if you get and and i i am actually going to be setting up a seminar on linkedin a free seminar to show how how people can get into linkedin because everyone's on linkedin even though most people that i talk to who have heard of linkedin don't use it the shippers are on linkedin the brokers are on LinkedIn. You got to get connected through LinkedIn, and I'm able to get some large customers through LinkedIn. If I can do that, you can do it, and I will show people how to do that. So hopefully, it's coming up sometime, uh, we can have a have a um, you know a little um, discussion on that, and not part of it. Right, right, yeah. Let's do it. I mean, 
uh, folks who are listening, that's not even just, you know, carriers, that's dispatchers too. And dispatchers if you're a broker, too. that's you too. A broker can get some business from many shippers off of LinkedIn. So thank you for mentioning that, brother. Thank you. No, I, I appreciate it. One thing um, I do want to say in, in is that I'm a networker by nature. So you can't get business on something like LinkedIn with just a couple customers. Now, you don't have to have as many as I do because I have like 8,900 connections on LinkedIn. Okay. Mm -hmm. But if you look at as, as, as a carrier looking for freight, if you go just to the, the regular big brokers and they all know the game, I, I, I talk about it as relationships. If you go to a load board, you're going to get, you're going to get, um, you know, priced out of the market if you go too high. The freight goes cheap. Brokers, brokers don't have any, um, any skin in the game when it comes down to, you know, running a trucking company. They're, they're just going to find someone to move their freight. You got to find the brokers that care about the truck driver. And there are plenty of them out there. Um, but I look at it this way. If you have to use a load board to find a truck, you don't have a carrier as a broker, you don't have a carrier relationship. And so that's the way to do it is you want to get your foot, foot in the door with people that don't use load boards. And I can show you how to do that. The other thing next January, God willing, I am putting on our very first, um, box truck convention trade show in Atlanta. Uh, the exciting part about this is we're going to be partnering with an electronic uh, or a, an electric uh, or an electric vehicle box truck maker. Uh, we're going to have a virtual uh, mixed reality. You'll be able to see um, a lot of what it takes to get into the business. And it's going to be a real um, game changer because this market's underserved, underappreciated. Um, I hate to say it this way, but when you got big truck drivers saying, well, box truck drivers aren't legitimate, you know, they don't have 18 wheels. It's like, no, box truck companies are legitimate. Okay. And we have to, there's really no cohesive um, group that sticks together. And we have to really start to do that more and more. And people like yourself, Jory, and what you do, uh, just even though you, you 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 are not necessarily always in the box truck market, is really bringing attention to the fact that coming this this new generation of buyers, smaller shipments, the lift the power of the lift gate drivers, you need to be using the power of your lift gate as a reason for your service. If you have a driver who doesn't want to use the lift gate, get another driver because you're in business for a reason, and one of the reasons. I say this is because companies like Alta Beauty and companies like Best Buy and companies like um, uh, Home Depot, they're looking for people that have equipment like yours. And you can be successful at this because I, I, I know of a situation of a man, a young man in Dallas, Texas, and I want to meet him one day. Young man in Dallas, Texas. He has 17 trucks. Okay. He's probably 22 or 23. He has 17 trucks at 23, and guess what? He has a truck for each one of his brothers and 11 of them for his cousins, and they all work for him. 
And if he can do something like that and, and a network like this can be built, you know, the, this is the nice thing about America and the dream as, the, as a son of an immigrant is that you can come to this country and you can set out the course of what you want to do and you can become successful doing it. And so I really appreciate your, um, your, your willingness to have me on your, your podcast. It's been, it's been a, a great experience to, so far. Yes, sir. Look, you know, uh, we still we definitely have more questions. So you we're not going to we're not going to finish that soon. Um, you know, let me ask this for the folks who kind of like have you just mentioned that that person down there in Texas um, owning those trucks. Do you think the the box truck network would welcome uh, maybe like an MC that allows people to lease onto them? You know, because I, I personally know, well, I'm not going to say personally, but I know of a carrier um, up in your area that's been allowing folks to lease onto them. They probably have about 70 units, uh, all box truck, all expedite equipment that, you know, might be able to add some type of value. You know, it's, it's, it's all being run under one MC and they are probably doing it pretty well. Um is that something that you guys are open to? So uh, there is, uh, you know, that's a that's that's a great question, and I'm glad you brought that up. Um, the, the 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 best step to getting into the field is to, in my opinion, is to go ahead and get your authority running, and lease on to someone else while you're doing that. Build, build some time, build some value in your business. The other thing um, is one of the issues with having what the scenario you're talking about is, like I mentioned earlier, a driver, an owner-operator running under your authority can make or break you. You know, mm-hmm. so if you're not on top of your game, and you know, I, I have a, uh, and I'll, I'll give one to each one of your your listeners that have box trucks, but I have a, a, a full color, um, uh, illustrated, um, handbook ebook that you can put in every truck and it shows how to inspect your truck. For example, shows where to look. It's all pictures with arrows shows. So detailed. Look here for this. Look here for that. If you can get our drivers to get in that mind mindset of safety, you can lease on as many people as you want to, but if they're not doing their job right and they're not, and, and, and they're getting stopped by the DLT and they're getting tickets, yeah, they're going to get the ticket, but so will the owner of the company get the ticket. So there's a lot of liability issues that you deal with when you, like these companies that have 70 trucks or so. I'm, I'm not saying you can't do it, but you have to have a really strong game plan as far as safety, as far as, far as maintenance. Um, as far as you know, making sure that the drivers know their ELDs. Right. Um, one of the things I tell people when they have ELD issues, and they're like, "Hey, I'm, my ELD is not working." I'm like, "Get rid of it. Go find another company. Don't sit there and try to work through it because guess what? The DOT is not going to say, "Oh, okay, we're going to call the ELD company and we're going to go ahead and find them." They're going to find <laughs> the driver for it, right? Exactly. So the nice thing about like, like when I say military freight and working with the government is 
they don't tell you if you can or cannot do the job. They just give you the, the tools on, on what you need to do to become a carrier, what you need to do to become a, a broker, what you need to do to become a military contractor. And I want to clarify something about the military contractors. For those of you who looked into government funding, like uh, projects like FEMA, or like um, you know, like the GSA or SAMS or right. different different ones, this is totally different. This is it's the SDDC, it's logistics move. So they have their own internal load board as a provider for the military, for example. I could not put any loads on load boards that were military freight. They will not let me put a military load on a DAT or a truck stop account. If I take, took a load, like I did a six-month contract, 200 miles for like $1,100. It was a six-month contract. When I took that load, take that load from them, within five minutes, I have to give them the name of the driver, the name of the company, and a cell phone number. and they want that information right away. Well, who can do that if they don't have that connection? So I, one of the things I would do as, as, um, um, as carriers on this call or listening in is if you go, go like to LinkedIn and type in military freight providers, um, I know there's some other ways you could do it. Get connected with those people because when those people uh, have the freight, they are not going to be going to a load board. They can't in posting loads. So my point is there's a lot of freight that's being missed because we don't know how to find it, right? And so my goal as a networker is to go out there and to really be um, be brought into, um, w- 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 I'm sorry, really, really be brought into the fold of finding good freight. Okay, look. Hey, Phil, don't be giving me half-truths, man. I just went to LinkedIn. I put in military freight provider, and nobody popped up. <laughs> okay. Well, you got to do it. Uh, uh, you got to do, like, military logistics, okay? so Okay. Um, Give me those keywords, man. I got it in front of my computer. Um, so. <laughs> no, it's all good. I'm just playing with you, brother. Uh, yeah. You know, but I know folks who are listening to this, they're going to run to their computer and say, oh, let me let me become friends with these folks so that they can know who they who I can go directly to to get prey opportunity. Yeah. So so what you know, you, you know, it, it takes a little bit of um, sorry, um, it takes a little bit of um, finesse. Yeah, it does. It takes. Uh, I mean, like, you know, the nice thing about LinkedIn, again, is you never have to call on someone. You never have to go knock on a door. And say, I wonder, you know, you could drive by any company and say, I wonder who the person in charge of shipping is. You can, you can go in there and you can um, find it on LinkedIn. And, and that's been a great. Um, the question, you know, I think a lot of people ask is what's the best first step in getting into the field is research. Know, know what you're going to do. Um, don't buy a truck. Don't rent a truck. Don't lease a truck. Don't go. Don't go through all the process of 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 um, getting set up and then and then saying, okay, I got everything, and then now now what do I do, right? So so that's really where I um, the the first step, the best step is basically research. 
Yes, and sir. That, I agree 100%. You got to get educated before you do anything. Um, so go ahead. My bad. Not to cut you off. No, no. So that's where, like, for example, um, and, and I'm, I'm, I, my phone's kind of blowing up here. So is it interfering with me talking? Uh, not too much. You know, if you pick up the call, it will. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just sending it to voicemail, but I'm on, I'm on my, my cell phone. Um, but the nice thing about, um, the research is there's a lot of information out there and that's a, another area that we have to be careful about. And that is, um, the FMCSA versus Facebook getting the right information. Now I'm not saying anything bad about Facebook, but I'll just say this is that if you want to get discouraged, there's a lot of posts on there from people that discourage people about, about things. And we can't get discouraged. You know, your dream is to get in this business for a reason. And one of the reasons is to be, I mean, it's a, it's a great business. Um, I love the box truck business because it's family, family oriented. It's a family oriented business. And so therefore it gives the, um, the, the feeling of, of a, um, I'm sorry, let me back up. It, I, I, it, it gives the feeling of camaraderie. If, you know, I had a, I had a training session where I had a man was there with his two daughters and he's like, I'm like, why are you here? He goes, cause I want each one of my daughters to have their own box truck business, you know? And so that's not something you're going to find as much in, um, um, it's not so much that you're going to find in the big truck side with the CDL side. It's going to be more on the, the, it's more on the, uh, on the smaller truck side that you feel that. Right, right, right. And I hear you. I mean, it is a lot more intimate, excuse me, intimate uh, dispatching for a box truck versus dispatching for a semi. And, you know, I would say the, the biggest uh, differentiator is, with the semi, you have a sleeper unit, so that means you can just go and go and go and then pull over to a truck stop when there's available parking, and you can do your thing. But with a box truck, there's a lot more preparation that goes into it, like where is this person going to sleep? What are they going to eat? You know, uh, so you have to be way more in tune with the, the, you know, the nuances of that driver and what that company is trying to do. So... I definitely agree. It does become much more of a, a fan. I'm not saying that semis can't have that family vibe, but you know, you you just have to talk and learn more about the operation um, with the box truck carrier. Yeah, I think uh, you know it's interesting you say it because um, looking at some research in the last three years, um, I believe it was 2018 or 19. I can't remember the date, and I'm sorry about that. But right during Super Bowl Sunday. Right uh, during um, commercial break, I think Amazon came out with an ad saying, "Hey, we can get you a Sprinter van, get you a route, start your own business, you know, delivering Amazon freight." Right. Mm -hmm. Average amount of the average amount of new authorities coming into the market every year is about forty thousand new authorities. So. In 18 and 19, it was like 40, 42, 43,000. In 21, because the statistics changed, they, they, they didn't keep the statistics complete, is 
127,000 new authorities. And so a lot of them were box truck. And I know that someone mentioned about that I don't prefer rental trucks. It's all about appearance. I am, I'm saying, uh, just to clarify, it's more about the cost. I mean, when you're talking to people, and I'm talking to people and they're like, I'm paying, I'm paying $6,000 a month in, in rental fee plus mileage. I mean, that's, that's, that's gouging. That's highway robbery. You're almost having to work for, for the rental company because you're not able to take any money home. And, and so, um, and, and, you know, and now we're facing the issue where people are starting to sell their trucks because they maybe got into the business and they thought, oh no, the freight's starting to slow down. And that's going back to those who own box trucks right now. If you own a box truck and you want to make passive money on it, talk to me because I can put your truck to work without you having to lift a finger. Because here's the deal. You want to save your box truck. You don't want to take a loss and say, okay, a box truck was $38,000 two years ago. Now it's 70000 Okay. Then if people sell, they lost the money. Save it because that, that is the box truck freight is going to turn around and, and, and get stronger. It's, it's like I say to a lot of people that I know, every time there's a hard time in the economy, for every good worker, there's 12 bad ones or lazy ones. For every, for every, if, so if you're strong and you work hard and you're doing your best and you're grinding every day, you're going to succeed. All you have to figure out is how to take care of your own self. Keep your expenses down. And trust me, for every, this is when the market weeds itself out and it, it should because there's a lot of people that get in here that don't belong in here. And, and, and then it's going to, it's going to even out. And I really think that, you know, there's a lot of, like you mentioned about the, 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 you know, the, you mentioned about leasing on or the people with 70 trucks, there's a lot we can do together. And there's a lot we can as a community do together that we aren't doing together. And I really am struggling to find a way of saying, Hey, why do we need to depend on big companies? to bail us out and keep us like for example why can't we start our own rental company with our own trucks and we pull people and like you know and and we do it that way there's got to be ways we can build this without having to depend on our livelihoods on whether or not big companies make it because we know the big companies i mean there's always a competition push for business and it seems like the small guys get squeezed out for more often than not. Yeah, I hear you. I definitely hear you. Um, look, to transition just a bit before we talk more about the, um, you know, the the trade show, the conference. All right. So let's just say folks do make it through, uh, you know, the the prerequisites. They have all those prerequisites. They can become a member of the Box Truck Network. Um, you know, I know that you have these. Uh, these relationships, these agreements, like what's the way that somebody actually gets freight? Like if somebody set up with you, do like, do they get first dibs on freight? And even if they do, you know, there is this concept, this notion, this thing where carriers price each other out of the market. You know what I mean? Like they just continue to undercut each other on the prices. Like, is that something that's even possible 
um, you know, by the way that you guys operate your your network? Okay, so uh, so how I um, am developing our network and continually develop it is, first of all, um, you are absolutely right. It's kind of like a, a feeding frenzy. And I would talk to drivers and I'd say, hey, um, I've got this load going from point A to point B. What do you think about it? And it's like, oh, I need fifty hundred bucks. Okay, it's five dollars a mile. And I'm like, I come back and say, okay, they're only going to pay two seventy five a mile. And they're like, oh, I'll take it. So then I have to step back and say, wait, wait, wait. How did you get from cutting your price half in half from saying fifteen hundred to you know eight eight seventy five just like that? So mm -hmm. so what I've decided, what what I see, what I'm working on is. We have a capacity board, so when shippers um, come and look at our drivers, they're going to see what we charge. So, if I'm going to offer my services and I say I'm going to charge three dollars a mile, and this is my service fee, they will then know what I charge. We try to keep it from. We don't like underbidding. We don't want to have um people bid against each other and we're, we're working on the system of you need a truck this is what we have you make the phone calls you talk to the drivers to i'm talking about the brokers and shippers and then we want feedback from our members saying okay how was the experience um how was how how was the pay experience did you get paid on time so we're even offering uh, working on uh, with TransCredit, a partnership to offer free credit checks to all of our members. So you could check anyone. Now, I know a lot of people factor freight and they get the the credit through through factoring, and that's great. Um, but we're trying to offer as much service as we can to help our drivers not have to compete against each other, but to work together. And so that's the that's the biggest challenge that we've been we've been focused on. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So look, we did, uh, we did, I do want to transition, you know what I mean? Like, let's just talk about you first. Um, so I'm pretty sure that you've been to uh, a, a trucking conference in the past. You know, when you go to those conferences, do you have like some goals that you establish for yourself before you go in there? And if so, what kind of goals, you know, what would that look like for somebody uh, like you? So I've done conferences. I've been to conferences. Um, I, I, I just came off of, of, of a, a, a road trip of conferences. It started in, in Nashville, and then I went to, um, to Charlotte, Raleigh, um, and Atlanta. And um, basically what I look for in a conference is I look for what, what are the pain points of the people coming to these conferences. Even when I go to a conference and I'm listening, I look to see, okay, what kind of information is being given out? And not only that, you know, I can give you information, but what am I doing to help you get to that next part? So the, the biggest thing is education and then following up by opportunity. So when I talk to shippers and brokers and I talk to them on a, on a regular basis, they, they, um, on a daily basis, um, they're looking, their biggest question to me is, how do I know, how do I vet my carriers? 
And so if I can convey that to my members that, hey, you know what, the reason I'm asking these questions isn't to get up into your business, is so that way I can make you prepared to get those contracts, those those dedicated lanes. That's the biggest goal. And, and that's something that um, when I, get, I, I listen at those meetings, I connect people together, that's really what's important uh, being at those meetings. So I'm planning another road trip here in the South and Southeast coming up in the next month, just for that fact of there's so much energy that comes out of those meetings that have, that really help people to be successful. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've, I've attended my, my fair share of conferences and I definitely feel like I always walk away with uh, relationships that are going to definitely propel me to the next level. Um, and, you know, I get I get game. I get so much game from the people who've already done it. Um, so with that being said, what do you feel like, uh, you know, I know that you said, Lord willing, God willing, we're going to have this yep. conference, uh, you know, but what is what's the goal for the conference and what, what can people expect uh, from the the box truck network. Okay. Okay. So, so the box truck network convention coming up in January at the Georgia international convention center in Atlanta, that's going to be a, a two day event. It's going to be, um, it's, it's Thursday, Friday, uh, Friday, Saturday. The biggest thing that we're going to do is we're going to bring players to the table that can help, um, help the, you know, first of all, connect member people that are looking to get into the business people who are in the business uh to opportunities that can really further their business so when i come to a trade show i'm coming to see what's out there that can help me in my business and so we're selecting uh credible idealistic partners to come there to, to vendors to come that aren't just going to saturate the market and say, hey, buy my buy my product or my service, but that are going to bring to the table their expertise and their experience and their knowledge and their opportunities to, to connect with people. So that way when people leave, like you said, they're leaving with relationships. And here's the deal. It's not always who you know or what you know. It's being at the place where you can get that information. So, for example, I had COVID uh, back in November. I was in ICU for, for five days and hospital for eight days. Um, very, very life-changing experience for me. Uh, the man I was ending up, there was, a, I was my last day or so, I was shared this room with this like 70-year-old man or 75-year-old man and, and, you know, build a relationship with him. He calls me, you know, Three months later and says, hey, my son-in-law is moving from South Dakota to Kansas City. And he needs he's being moved by the government. Can you help him? The government paid him 10 grand to move from 700 miles. He paid they paid him ten thousand dollars to move. I was able to get him two trucks, plus make some money, plus paid the drivers four dollars, five dollars a mile. And, and 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 there was two truck two box trucks five dollars a mile each. The fact of the matter is this: if I would have just assumed that the guy next to me in the in in the hospital bed was someone that I didn't want to talk to, I would have never have put the connection together, right? 
So you never know what's going to happen from a conversation, from a visit. Um, and I like to say, if if you don't get your name out there, no one knows you exist. You exist, right? So your job is to get your name out there. And how do we get your name out there? Every box truck company should have a website. One page, one page website. You don't need to have anything fancy. You should have your own way for people to connect with you because when they connect with you, they're going to want to be able to endorse you. They're going to want to be able to promote you. And if, if, if you're not able to be reached, no one's going to know you exist, right? So just like how you and I got connected with Michael and how Michael and I got connected, Michael um, and Nelms, um, a mutual connection between the two of us, um, actually hosted my my launch of the Box Truck Network, which was in Atlanta back in 2019. And I, you know, so so that that's all about relationships and connections. So, you know, whether you are in a grocery store or whether you are, um, you know, at the gas station, always carry business cards about your company because I made a good friend at a gas station and he's a he he coaches football young guy from atlanta he coaches in western illinois not too far from me i wouldn't have met him if i didn't talk to him at the at the gas station we exchanged information gone out to eat and you know what that's all it takes is get your information out to people who can use you but you don't know you don't always know if they're the person that will use you or if they'll tell someone else about you so those are definitely some things that you know I've really found to be very, very useful in my, in, in my, um, in my networking, and I'm sure you do too. Yes, sir, one hundred percent. Without my ability to get outside of my comfort zone, to get outside of myself, I don't know if I'd be where I am. And you know, it's definitely empowering to be able to push past those you know, those fears or those things that make you slightly uncomfortable and you get something positive out of, uh, you know, just going for it. So, you know, the fact that you said you're naturally a networker, I've become that. Um, and I, I don't see myself shrinking from what I've already grown to as a, as a result of, you know, bring, having that as a part of my personality and the way that I, I flow now. So, you know, I, basically I'm getting that you want people that are attending uh, this this event in Atlanta in January, not too far from the Atlanta airport to be ready to network because it could be life changing. Is that it? Abs absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, there's you know, just talking to you really, I mean, just brings life out of me. I could say it that way. And, and I really appreciate talking to you because the passion that I feel about this whole network is this, is that, you know, if you think about this, this, this business, anyone can, you know, the, 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 the business is a service related business and you can go out and you can get a truck and get two trucks and three trucks. And the thing is, this is like, for example, with the local delivery, I've already I've already beta tested the, the market in, in one market. It works. So, for example, if you have five businesses down the, uh, down the street and they all need 
two pellets to be picked up. You know, that's that's $500 you made in a day and within two miles. If you were to drive 20, 30, 40, 50 miles and make $700 in a day, that there's a lot of money to be made. Now, I'm just going to take a minute for LTL, for those of you who don't know what LTL is. LTL is like your, you know, your, your yellow freight, your FedEx, UPS. Sias. Sias, right? Yeah. So if I am, and I, I was actually working for a client of the Boxwork Network, which was a plastics company, which is a, it's still, still a customer. Um, they needed LTL moved. And I said, I don't do LTL, but of course, uh, with me wanting relate, you know, to build on relationships, I, I went ahead and, and, and started doing it for them, which I've now since, um, found them a home for their LTL because it's, it is time consuming. But one thing I found out is, um, if you needed something moved from College Park to Conyers, Georgia, their, their, their neighboring cities are not too far from each other. There is going to be at least three or four people that are going to touch that freight before it gets there. So it's going to go onto a truck and then it's going to go to the terminal. And from the terminal it gets off the truck, it's weighed, it's it on a scale, then it's it's sorted out, then it's put it on a delivery truck, and then it's taken out the next day to deliver. They're going to charge you between $110 to $140 to deliver four, five, six, ten miles away. Okay. If they don't make it there by the cutoff time of usually one o'clock or two two o'clock, then that shipment has to wait another day. So now you're waiting two days to get your load out, which might be ten or twelve or twenty miles somewhere on there. The, the the amount of claims for damages, the the missed pickups, the prices, the the just service in general, um, has, it, it just causes a, a, a number, a large number of headaches just in this whole LTL world. And what I would, what I envision is, is people within the network being an alternative, a, a, a great alternative to say, hey, you know what, we can get your truck picked, your little picked up on, on our truck, stays on the truck, delivers off the same truck, never touched. And, oh, oh, by the way, and one last thing is, if I say it's 300 pounds and then you get there and it's 322 pounds, they're going to char- upcharge you for the difference because it's not 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. So they can make one dime. They can say, okay, it was it was $97. Now it's $122. And then you got to do a classification code. So uh, moving uh, sp- uh, you know, paper might be classification code 125657. And you put down 1265. 656 by mistake and then there's another charge for that so this it's like you're nickel and dimed to death and and you have to pay for claims and you have to pay for late delivery and you can't it it's just a headache and that's why i see a tremendous need in the market for the ltl um portion and i'm not meaning small parcels i mean pallets i mean the larger items but not oversized Right. Getting them to uh, across town, you know, and, and charging a, a good a good amount, but yet not overly charging and making it attractive, has been very has been very successful in the beta markets that I've tested. Nice, 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 nice. Well, hey man, if you need a partner to help test in other markets, absolutely. I got, I got hella box truck clients in the Northeast and in Atlanta, Georgia. 
So okay. uh, you just you just let me know, man. Um, but look, I wanted to uh, I wanted to see if you had time if we could uh, ask people if they had any questions. Um, sure. Would, okay. Well, look, I just. I just turned on hand raising. So if there were any folks that wanted to ask any questions, please go ahead and raise your hand. I'm going to keep that open for about 30 seconds just so we can be very respectful of this brother's time. Um, so if there was any questions that you wanted to ask, I would say go ahead and raise your hand now so that we can bring you up to the stage. You can ask your question and boom, boom, boom that we can, we can go that way. Um, but in the meantime, um, I did want to just say thank you so much, Phil. Uh, I, I, I truly appreciate you coming to the, to the stage and speaking about everything that you had going on. It's a pleasure. Um, you know, it was, it was a great pleasure to understand that you even existed that, you know, that this network yeah. existed because it's, no. necessary. it's necessary. Um, so thank you. Hey, we did have somebody join the stage. My brother, Isaac. How you doing, bro? Dear brother, how you doing, Jari? Good to, see, good to hear from you, man. And good afternoon to everybody else if you're on Eastern Pacific. Yes, sir. What's up now? How you feeling? So this is a fleet owner. But go ahead, Isaac. I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Yes. I'm, what's going on, y'all? I'm a fleet owner based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Small fleet um, owner for 18 Wheelers Reefers. We run majority reefers, OTR. Um, just recently got a good, got some good ideas about um, getting into the box truck industry, you know. So I know my man Jerry is the GOAT for box trucking from day one when I started. Me and Jerry got connected um, earlier on. I started my fleet back in 2020 with while the pandemic was going on, and uh, me and Jerry fortunately stayed in contact throughout the whole duration of, you know, his success and mm -hmm. mine as well through the industry. And, now um, that that I've got a good understanding of you know logistics as a whole, down to the dispatching brokerage side, from from what I think may be understanding of Mike, because I know it's way more to it than what I know, obviously. But um, I think box truck is something that I do want to get into. So for my question that I had, I wanted to see what was like a do a don't buy box truck. Like from what year do you stay away from? So how old how new should a box truck be yeah yeah uh, yep. well no that's a great question isaac thanks for thanks for joining us um one of the questions that i always ask people is uh this is that when you're coming into the in, into the market are you are you financing it are you are you like paying cash uh i think that'll determine how much it is honestly because if I go older, of course, I may be able to scrape up a little bit more pennies to buy cash. But if it's more so something new, I definitely would lean towards more of the financing route. Yeah. Depending. Yeah. So, so um, um, yeah. So what I've found is the best years are between the 2013 and 2019 years. Um, it you know there's there's Kino, there's there's Freightliner, uh, there's there's uh, those are the main, there, there's the two of them are the main uh, trucks in the, in the industry. But yeah, okay. somewhere between the two, and, and here's the deal, get a 26. Don't get, the, don't get anything less than a 26. If you want to really stay competitive in this market, 
you need to have a 26 foot with uh with a lift gate and um and e-track and air ride if you if you can't get air ride that's one thing but the other things that i mentioned just now you have to get those because wow. i get people that um really kind of undercut themselves in business by not getting the right equipment but quick, quick question Definitely. yeah oh, look Philip. let me ask this uh what about do you have a, a minimum amount of height clearance that you would recommend somebody get for a box truck you know a height clearance yes. that trailer door opening yes perfect question um so you want to get at least a 96 wide if you can and you would like a, 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 a 102 watt high is really ideal so if you can get a trailer that's uh, a truck that's uh, 102 high and again at least 96 wide you should be in good shape right okay. but look don't <laughs> look man what what philip just described though that is not your average box truck out here okay <laughs> like nice. while it's perfect and you'll that have so nice. many load opportunities it is well, it's hard to get that I, it is it is so if you get the if you get 96 you know in a 96 high um that would be ideal as well but i just i just um you can find them out there it's just a matter of doing your research and finding the right uh yes, the sir. right price but right now okay. um it's it's really just been hard to find equipment right now yes, yes it is okay yeah i think I Okay. That sounds great. That sounds great. Um, so would you have any places where you suggest to go start looking? Yeah. So, um, you know, if you were to give, um, me your information or give, uh, get, get me information I can, I can do, I can help you. Um, I am going to be putting up a blog on, um, on my site, boxtrucknetwork.com which also is also boxtruckapps.com. It's just, it's the same, same thing. But um, the, the best place that you can look for um, that I have found is, that, well, there's a couple of different areas. Truck papers, one. Um, there's also, um, you can also look, um, I've looked at auctions. Um, it just depends on which ones and if you have a good mechanic you want to have if you're going to buy used, you want to have a good mechanic to go with you but like richie brothers richie brothers has done well um it just depends on again where what market you're in right but i like i mentioned if uh if you give uh jory my information uh, your information and our we can connect somehow um let me know okay. I'm also on Facebook um, that you can find and connect with me on Facebook. Okay. How many, trucks right. are you looking to, how many trucks are you looking to get? I want to start off with one, between one to two. I'm leaning towards one though, just just because I know it's it's a completely different yeah. market than than wheelers. That's <laughs> very wise, and that's a good that's a thought that, that crossed my mind as you mentioned you were in, in the big trucks, and then you were wanting to get into the small ones. And that's something that that 
uh, I believe I, I'm sure I can tell you a different ones. It's a, it's two different worlds, two different markets. And, um, yeah, and I hate to say this, but again, connotation in, is, is the perception is incorrect. And we got to change this because the big trucking companies look at the small ones like, uh, okay, you're, you're a trucking company on training wheels. And it's like, no, you're not. There's a lot of legitimacy in the small truck world. And I think, um, the the best way to do this is just to have the right information right we don't have right. i mean there's a lot of focus and attention placed on big trucks and the load boards are focused towards big trucks and um and so when you're dealing with a small carrier um a small truck carrier i should say there's more challenges that come into play being um being a box truck company now one other thing that you want to consider and is you need to consider um, separating your company's uh, assets. So meaning insurance companies do not like to have CDL driver and non-CDL drivers combined in one company. So if you have like large trucks. The same authority or just under? Under the same authority. If you have large trucks. And then they found that you have know, small trucks. They may drop your coverage for your large trucks. So you need wow. you, that's one of the things that you've got to be careful about because insurance companies do not like to put a non-CDL driver in with CDL drivers. Right. So that's um, something that you'd want to find out from your insurance company before you make that move. But that's pretty much the situation with a lot of insurance companies. It's like I had a, I had a client of mine not too far from me, and he was doing local delivery, and he had a really good insurance rate with his companies. And then he decided to start doing regional, and they they dropped him. They said, "We oh we five hundred miles you. more." Yeah, and he had been a, he had been a member a client for theirs for like sixteen years. Wow. So it wasn't even like a newcomer, right? And they're like, oh, no, we, we, we can't insure. We, we, we only have this. We, we're only insuring for local, but we won't insure for over the, over the road. So there's just questions that have to be asked before you start. You know, I, 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 I don't want to ruin a good thing. You know what I'm saying, my friend? And then before you know it, you're, you're kind of stuck without an option. So you definitely want to consider keeping the two separate. Okay. Got you, got you, got you. Uh, well, those were definitely some great questions. Isaac, uh, I'm more than happy to connect you two. Um, I can do that almost immediately. Um, okay. All right. Well, bet, bet, bet. If, uh, if what well, I already turned off Henry. <laughs> it was 30, 30 seconds was up. So, <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys to give me the opportunity to ask questions. Yeah, no doubt, Isaac. Philip, you kind of uh, sound a lot different. Did you change your setup, brother? I, I, I did. I kind of had to move into another room. Is this okay? Does it sound better or worse? It sounds like you're very faint, barely able to hear you. Sorry about that. Can you hear me now better? Um, no, no, it's about the same. Really now? How about now? 
Well, how about this? We'll just power through this bad boy. I'll be real quiet. All right, all right. So, uh, well, look, I'm, I'm going to give Philip the opportunity to, you know, say any final words. But before he did, look, if everybody wanted to click, if anybody was still in here that wanted to click on that link I put at the top that says Transportation and Logistics Linktree, that does take you to, you do have the option of clicking on uh, Philip's website, which is that boxtruckapps.com. And, you know, although we're talking about the conference that he has coming up in January, since I have this audience and this does um, pertain to you all directly, there is a conference that's also going down at the end of the month, at the end of this month, and it's technically free. I mean, you don't have to get the bells and whistles if you don't want to. So right under the link for his company is another link for Home Delivery World, which is uh, a conference that talks about, you know, the final mile delivery. Um, yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be in Philly. It's going to be in Philly. So if you're in that area, if you're in that DMV area, if you're in New Jersey, if you're wherever you're at, you do have the ability to go there and you can get an all access pass for blah, 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 or you can get a free <laughs> ticket and just be in a room and, you know, work on your networking skills to prepare for a uh, Phillips conference in January. So I did want to mention that, um, you know, there for box truck carriers, sometimes you have to take advantage of those opportunities to meet the people who have consistent freight for you. And this might be something where you can make those relationships. So, um, you know, just take that, Philip. Um, I wanted to give you the opportunity to say any closing remarks. Did you have anything that you wanted to share, brother? Well, yeah, I just wanted to, to say thank you, first of all, for letting me um, be on this on this, uh, this podcast with you. I appreciate it very much, this clubhouse group. Um, and I wanted to say, I know that there's, uh, there's brokers out there. I see there's a broker on this call and, you know, there's a lot of good brokers out there. I think that, um, you know, going back to the whole idea of, uh, role playing in this business, brokers have a very important role in this business. And so what I look at, um, as if you can find a good customer as a carrier, and you can, and, and you got a broker that takes care of you, um, it's like buying a car. Don't look at another car if you buy a car because you're going to find a better deal. Now, with that being said, um, you know, build those relationships and stick with those relationships. Relationships. It is so easy to get sidetracked with carrots dangling. Um, left and right okay and they don't turn out to be a they're not good offers right so build those relationships of trust of service um you know watch how who you hire and um you know again and, and if there's a way that if someone wants that that um free uh, uh inspection guide that i have please email me at philip with one L 
at boxtrucknetwork.com and put in the uh, subject line free inspection guide. I will send it to you right away. And that really comes down to how much information you have to help your business be successful. Whether it's even listening to podcasts like this, like these, getting as much information and then filtering out the information that you have with with um, what's applicable to your business and what what is just good advice, right? At the end of the day, you know, I wish you all success, um, and I and I'm and, and, and I'm blessed to be here with you today and, and to be on this call, and I'm looking forward to um, you know future conversation together. Thank you. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Again, thank you so much for joining us, brother. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I know I've learned a lot. I pray that uh, the folks who listen to this are also able to apply some of the knowledge, some of the things that uh, Philip spoke about. Um, so thank you again, brother. Look, guys, every single Monday, you know that we partner with Freight Waves. Uh, join us on Monday at 7.30 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, that is, uh, as we they, we partner with them and we leverage their sonar tool. We tell you where to put the trucks uh, so that you can uh, take advantage of the market conditions. Uh, additionally, so I'm moving. I'm going to be, I, I said this on Monday. I'm going to say it today, too. I'm going to be doing these events to cultivate more relationship, more just more community within the transportation and logistics clubhouse. You know, we're 26,000 members deep and I want to be able to establish more community folks that can actually reach out to folks. So, you know, with that being said, maybe every other Friday, um, I'm on this, I'm on this very, 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 you know, strict health cleanse, you know, I'm working out every day out of the work week, waking up 5 a.m. I'm in the gym, I'm doing it. And because of that, you know, I, I, I've kind of like seen the power of or the, the, the necessity for just putting your health first. Um, we're going to be doing like some stretch sessions on Fridays. Every other Friday, I'm just going to have a physical therapist walk us through, you know, just stretching, you know, and that's, you know, that's building on having the supply chain fitness, um, you know, creator on last week and everything that he's doing to help. Um, get people who support the supply chain uh, well and fit. You know, we're just going to, you know, get do the baby steps. We're just going to stretch, get that blood flowing. So that's something that we're going to be doing. I'm going to be sending out registration links for people who wanted to join. Um, and additionally, we're going to have like power hours on a Friday uh, in a month where we're just all gathered together uh, doing something, doing some type of work. You don't necessarily have to speak. It's actually probably going to be better if you're on mute, <laughs> but just uh, having that community sharing in that in that in that space of of just energy of getting stuff done work. And we're going to do those on Fridays, too. So that's all I really have to say. Again, thank you all for the time and the support. And uh, I'll see you guys on Monday. Thanks again, Philip. All right. Thank you very much, Jory. I appreciate it very much. Yes, sir. All right. Peace. Yep. Bye bye.